So it's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, J.R. Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors and at an unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. This is Rashawn McDonald. Rashawn McDonald. Boy, I love saying my name because that means I'm alive. That means I'm breathing. That means I'm here to tell you something about your life today. Because guess what? I know what's happening in my life. I'm trying to tell you about your life today. That's what Money Making Conversations is all about. I'm your host. I'm your friend. I'm your neighbor. I'm a person that... um sits around thinking about ways to be successful on a regular basis and when I come in on Monday hopefully I can share those ideas with you because sometimes you know, when I share them some people don't want to listen some people don't want to understand that what I'm doing on this show every Monday is about you what I'm doing on this show um, is really trying to create a relationship of success for you to uh, achieve that next platform a lot of people just don't know you may know I may just be uh, you know as they say uh re-energizing you with the, the plan. I might just be triggering something in you to go, I forgot about that. I didn't know I was blessed like that. I didn't know I had the ability to think like that. Thank you, Rashawn McDonald. The Black Moses is spoken again today. He's led me to the promised land of opportunity. He is making a difference in life because guess what? He cares about your life. Well, that's what my show is about today. It's about successful people being successful in life and using that success to reshape our neighborhoods. I guess today they're using their brands to change the culture, the way people think, and educating everyone that being diverse wins. When I created the Neighborhood Awards, and they actually started in Houston, Texas, the Hoodie Awards, and eventually uh, partnered with Steve Harvey, and we co-hosted it and co-produced it together and sold out for 14 straight years, the Neighborhood Awards. That's exactly what I'm doing right now with Money Making Conversation. I'm taking my success as a business professional and using my personal experiences in life to uplift the community. All my guests on Money Making Conversations today are doing the same thing. They tell me she's on the line, so let me get started. <clears throat> my first guest serves as an advisor to former First Lady Michelle Obama regarding high school and post-secondary completion and leads campaigns to support students' effort to go to and complete college. She is Deputy Director of Reach Higher at Civic Nation. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Stephanie Sproul Owens. 
Hi, good afternoon. How you doing? Where you calling me from, Stephanie? I'm from Washington, D.C. The hub of it all, I guess you could say. Absolutely. The... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, but I got a, uh, my brother, he lives in Washington, D.C. He has uh, like uh, four beauty and barber salons, so I get down there a lot. Okay. And, uh, so I'm, I'm very familiar with that. In fact, I was in Washington, D.C. last week uh, dining in Legal legal uh, Seafood, which is located oh, right down good. there. You know, a little grub down there. Eat a little grub. Just letting you know I know about your community. That's all. Okay. That's good. And, and you know, I've been in the White House, too, a couple of times. So, you know. <laughs> well, I want to get you on the phone because, you know, I, I, I started Money Making Conversations about, and it's about enriching. And I think that this show, and I feel this show is about, and I always tell people, I, I, whenever I talk to a sponsor and trying to get them engaged and giving money for youth programs or young programs, I always talk about this is a future customer. This is a future taxpaying person. This is a person that really is our future. You know, they all they're they're the reason we should uh, we we strive. I always tell them I'm an older person, so anybody younger like you, uh, I, I I reach out to. I reach I I feel compelled that it's my mission to give you a, a better opportunity or, or an opportunity to spread your word. So when I heard about what you were doing, you know, and then your work history, why are you doing all this? Why? Sure. So thank you very much. I'm, I'm really honored to be on your show today to talk to your listeners. Um, I was actually in Houston last week. We have a partner in Houston, and it, it really resonated with me that I'd be talking to some folks in, in a town as big as that city where, uh, where there's so much potential. We were mm-hmm. on the campus of the University of Houston, um, and it's, just, it, it's great being on college campuses. Whenever we can get there, we, we do. So Absolutely. thank you, first and foremost. So um, I do what I do, honestly, because I absolutely love it, and I know that it is important mm-hmm. for our community to be involved in college. So mm-hmm. Retire was started by former First Lady Michelle Obama during her time at the White House. And it was really inspired by her own experience as a first-generation college student. Absolutely. Um, she, she wanted to help more young people just like her and her brother to go to and to graduate from college. And she knows uh, without a shadow of a doubt that she would not be where she was if she had not had her college experience. Absolutely. Uh, and, and most importantly, she wants people to know that she was really just like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she was from the south side of Chicago. Her parents didn't go to college. Uh, but they, they went to work every day, and they instilled in her brother and her that they could do anything, but they had to have their education to back it. Uh, and it has never it has never faltered her, and, and frankly, it's never faltered me either. So in 2014, we worked with her to start Retire, mm-hmm. to inspire every student in America to take charge of their future mm-hmm. by completing their education past high school. And that's at a four-year traditional university, what we usually think of as college, but that also includes community college programs, um, and it also includes professional training programs right. that may not we may not think of necessarily as college, but that's really higher education. Uh, and the point is that in the 21st century economy, uh, you know, money making moves in the 21st century economy, <laughs> say it, girl, say it. a high school <laughs> diploma just is not enough. You cannot have a real career. Uh, for at least for most of us, you cannot have a real career without doing something past high school. Um, and so we really wanted to help students and their families mm-hmm. to know all of the tools that they needed to be able to do that after high school. Cool. And then after the Obama administration ended in January, mm-hmm. the work is not over. It no, is not. not finished. 
we still have a lot left to do. And so we joined an organization called Civic Nation, which right. is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization here in D.C. that's designed to house public awareness and organizing campaigns to reach audiences, mostly young people. Mm-hmm. Now, let, let, let me ask you this. Now, you said you mentioned I'm a graduate of University of Houston and math, mathematics and my mind and sociology. You said you did something at the University of Houston. I didn't want to in, break you up on your role. Well, what, oh, what sure. No, no problem. Well, mm-hmm. we were we were there last week right. um, to do a, a conversation with school counselors. Right. And school counselors are the person in, in your students' middle or high school mm-hmm. that can help them to be college and career ready mm-hmm. in a way that is just totally specialized and different from anyone else in your, in your school. Right. So we had a conversation with school counselors from across the state of Texas um, about how they can do some more of their work and target their work in okay. Texas. And we've had a few of these conversations. We, we call them our school counseling convenings. Right. We've had them all across the country. Texas was, was this time. Um, we've been in San Diego. We've been in Boston. Awesome. We've been here in D.C. We've been in Denver. Um, we've been all across the, across the country. We'll be doing one in Chicago coming up early next year. Mm-hmm. Just trying to really uplift, one, recognizing that school counselors are the ones in your schools, in your children's schools, who have all of the tools and resources needed to help your kids get to college. That's so and true. unfortunately, we have a school counselor deficit. Absolutely. Um, in many schools, in many communities, in many places, especially the ones that look like us and your listeners, mm-hmm. there are more school resource officers, which are essentially police officers, security officers, in those campuses than there are school counselors. And we're working to change that we're working to really empower school counselors. Uh, we're working with some wonderful programs like the Association of, uh, American Association of School Counselors um, to really get this message out that your school counselors are important, and those are the people who can unlock these tools that your students need to go to college. So if you don't know where to start, right. your school counselor does. Right. Well, you know, here's the interesting thing about it because, you know, this, the role of the school cha- council has not changed from when I was in high school or middle school to now. But they mm-hmm. are like the school nurse. You know, you only go there when you need them. You know, when they play such an important role in everyday life, your life moving forward, moving forward. And I think it's more like, I, and I'm just thinking, you know, it's been a long time since I've been in high school, but, you know, the mm-hmm. counselors are the same people in college. And these people are, are kind of like, put on the back burner i'm just saying i'm not saying anything negative i'm just saying that how do we bring the significance or how do we create that voice of importance that these counselors play in developing our young people today you know like you know we put the importance of football in high school we put the importance of basketball coaches and all that but the counselors should be just equally as important in the world of academics right you're absolutely right, and, and truth be told, one of the reasons why we even began to put this emphasis on school counselors was because Mrs. Obama asked us to. Yeah. Um, it became so clear to her that those were the ones, those were the people in your students' right. lives who could make a big difference. Um, and I think really it's just going to be a matter of, of parents demanding it, of students demanding it. Um, so often school counselors have 
lots of hats to wear in their schools. They have lunch duty. They're on pickup duty. They <laughs> maybe proctoring an exam. Walking across the street with the little stop sign. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and much of our work has been trying to really shine a spotlight on what their role should be in the schools, in the classroom, so that they this can be doing things for college and career readiness. This is exciting. Um, you made the you made the point that the that the profession hasn't changed a lot. I, I'll challenge you that it really has. I think um, in, Come on in now. lots of ways. Educate me now. Okay. <laughs> so often you you have this sort of misnomer of this of the guidance counselor. Right. Well, we're not calling them guidance counselors anymore. They're they're school counselors because right. that's just that's that's real old school. That's that's old what they what they used to be doing and what many people think of as their counselor. Lots of people, unfortunately, had negative um, opportunities with their counselors. Maybe their counselor didn't really guide them as well as they could. Well, now we have programs on, on college campuses where school counselors are getting the training that they need to be able to support our students to be college and career oh, ready. Okay, okay Ms. Owens, you, you, you're busting me twice now. You said, Rashawn, look at here. You know, you're old school. Now, I'm going to just tell you this now. So that means that I only know what I remember. Absolutely. Now, okay, now, hear me now. Give me my little moment here. Now, if, if I remember, I'm not going to guide my, my, my nephew. I'm not going to guide my, my, my daughter's kids or my brother's kids or even my daughter to a counselor because I only go to remember. How can I help you? Because this is really interesting now because I see the core of the problem. It's about, it's about changing the narrative. Correct? Right. Because the Correct. narrative is previously over here where I experienced it. Rashawn, they're called school counselors now. See, when you were to school, they were guidance counselors. Okay, guess what? They're still counselors to me. And, but Correct. I want to I help you. How can somebody like Rashawn McDonald help you? Because I got a big mouth. I got social media. I know a lot of people. You were just on my campus last week. So mm -hmm. I should have been engaged with that because guess what? I'm a mouthpiece, and I understand what you're trying to do. When you're talking about Strayer Institute, you're talking about DeVry, you're talking about University of Houston, you're talking about San Jack Junior College, you're talking about Community College. That's my whole mantra is about college changed my life. Right. It, changed, it made right. only reason I'm on this, on this radio show right now is because it changed my life. And so I know the importance. I would tell people, I went to school, and I tell people, I went to school, guess what? I just went to school. I heard they gave good parties. And so I went to school. That's what got me there. But when I got there, it changed my life. And that's why I always tell people, just go to college. Just show up. Forever, just get on campus. Go there on Wednesday when it's packed at lunchtime and look at all those people and go, I want to be a part of that. And so I'm going to come back in a break because you got me fired up now, Miss Owens. You got me fired up because you called me old school. You told me, Rashad, they're, they're, they're school counselors. I know they're school counselors now, but guess what? I'm reacting to my past experiences. How can, I, how can you tap into Rashawn McDonald this morning? And when it plays back on iHeart Podcast, when it plays back on Apple Podcast, when it plays around the world and start telling people, I want to be a voice of what you guys are doing, we'll be right back with more. Miss Stephanie Sproul Owens. Woo, girl, you got to be fired up now. We're going to change the world today. Y'all hanging out. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. This is Rashawn McDonald, your host of Money Making Conversations. On the phone, I have uh, my guest. Uh, she's the Deputy Director of Reach Higher at Civic Nation. Uh, please welcome back on the phone, Stephanie Sproul-Owens. How you doing, Stephanie? 
great. This is a lot of fun. I'm great. <laughs> hey, Stephanie, let me tell you something. When I left, I was hyped now because, you know, how do we flip the script? How do we start promoting and moving to the forefront? You know, when the cheerleaders go out on the court, they'll give me a C, give me a U, give me an O, you know, give me an O, give me you can't spell. You know, so we can get them excited about counselors so we can understand that these the key roles that these counselors are playing these school counselors are playing in guiding our young americans to greater heights in the academic world or the professional world or trade world but the main goal and reach in your program is to get people to continue education past high school correct correct Correct. So really the, the biggest thing we can do is say go to your, go to your counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned earlier that, that we tend to only go to our school counselors when we need them. Yes. And like, like the school nurse. And that shouldn't be the case. I know. Go talk to your counselor. If, for all of your listeners, mm-hmm. tell, find out what the name is of your school counselor at your child's school. Hopefully mm-hmm. there's more than one at that school. Right. But know that person's name, mm-hmm. be in touch with them, be in contact with them, just like you would any of their teachers, um, and, and make sure that they know you and make sure that they know your child because they really are the people who will know, hey, you know, Tommy should go to this college or Tommy should consider maybe this program. Um, and, and they'll know also right. how to get the money to go to college, Absolutely. how to get those other tools, how to help you to fill out the FAFSA, which I definitely want to talk about today. It's incredibly important to complete talk, that. You can talk. The floor is yours. I brought you on this show because the significance, and I want to bring you back on the show because I know it's not enough time to really explore what we're trying to do because I know in branding and marketing, we've just tipped the iceberg of getting the word out. And I'm just letting you know you have a friend, you have a fan, in, in, in this post-high school world because it changed my life, and I constantly promote it to everyone. Give it a shot. You know, give it a shot before you jump on that forklift or before you just do some blue-collar work because you think that's the only goal or drive that truck. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about in the early stages of your life, you know, this is when you get to formulate the base the, 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 or the career choice, the options and stuff like that. When you're 40 and 50, those are, that's a different conversation. When you're 17, 18, 19, that's youth. And as a youth, you should look at options. And that's Absolutely. what we're talking about right now. That's exactly what we're talking about. That's, that's really all this is. You know, my, my mother always has said to me, you got to have options. Stephanie, have options. Don't put yourself in a box that you can't have options. And that's what this does. So um, one of the things that I do want to yes, share with your audience is a tool that we have called Up Next. Okay. And Up Next is our free evidence-based texting tool mm-hmm. that offers personalized support and on all things related to getting to college and completing college. So we have a system where we send text messages to your students. Mm-hmm. We know, you know, I know I called you old school, but I'm old school too. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you something, Miss Owens. Please keep. I'm I, I supposed to be old school. I'm, I'm, right. I'm proud of it. I would tell people I don't run from my age. In order to accomplish something in life, you have to get older. So keep that's sending right. it to me. That's but I, I know how to right. flip it to the young people, though. I know how to flip it to the young people. <laughs> so one one of the things that we knew pretty early on while yes, we ma'am. were doing Beach Hire was that we needed to reach. The teenagers exactly where they are, and as, and as absolutely amazing as Mrs. Obama is, we know that students weren't reading uh, WhiteHouse.gov every day for our mm-hmm. updates. 
Mm-hmm. So we needed to reach kids where they are, and we know that kids are on their cell phones. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse, they are on their cell phones. Mm-hmm. So we started this text messaging tool, like I said, called Up Next, mm-hmm. and we send by real people, real students, including myself and my colleagues. We have students here from George Washington University who are helping us to send these messages to students about the college search about wow. completing their, their student aid packages mm-hmm. um, and about even student loan repayments. And we know that money is the, the biggest barrier that students have to going to college, and it's the thing that keeps you up at night. And we want to help you not to stay up at night thinking about that. So it's quick and it's easy to enroll. It's totally free. Mm-hmm. And we don't spam your students. We don't sell their information. I know. We don't send them ads or anything like that. We mm-hmm. only share the most important reminders to keep students and their parents on track to college. So you're so asking we, for people listening to the show to go to upnext.com? Is that what it is? Up- no. So so if you go to bettermakeroom.org. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, the the sign-up information is there, but I'll give you the information right now. So if your child is a high school senior, Mm -hmm. they should text their first and their last name to 240-623-8319. That's Mm 240-623-8319. And if you or your child is already in college and need to know what to make that next step, how to stay, because remember, our goal is not just to get you to college, but to get you to complete college. Wow. If you are a, in college now, be a four-year school or a two-year school, wherever you are, you should text 240 Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So this is interesting. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. So I'm assuming you have alliances with other programs that can can work out scholarship programs with these students, or how does this work? Because now you because you're, you're promoting the whole prospect of getting to college and completing college. What are the right. other services or, or networking opportunities that are available once they submit their information? Because, like, a good friend of mine, Teresa Price, she, she you know, she has the, the National College Allowance, where she enables young people to apply in her program. They can get scholarships from HBCUs to Harvard to UCLA right. to all, all the colleges around the country. What are the connected dots? Once you see the connected dots with your program, what does it go from there once they text? Give the information. So once you once you text, the most important thing that we can help you do is to complete the FAFSA, and the FAFSA is the free application for federal student aid. Wow. Now it gets a bad rap by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that it's a it's a hard form to fill out. It's you know it takes a lot of time, but it, but it really isn't. It really isn't. It is the key to unlocking in every single dollar you can get to go to college, mm-hmm. whether it be um, a federal grant that mm-hmm. you don't have to pay back, mm-hmm. or if it is student loans, mm-hmm. or for many, many scholarships, you have to fill out the FAFSA. And essentially what it does is it really does unlock billions of dollars. Wow. Every single year, we leave money on the table in federal government that you could use to go to college. And the students who, who leave that money on the table are oftentimes the students who need it the most and who can really get this free money, 
free money in the form of grants that you do not have to pay back. And unless you complete this form, you can't you can't access it. You just you just can't. So it can be a little intimidating, but it is worth every single moment. And that's again, that's where if you don't know where to start, if you don't know how to do it, if you get lost in the shuffle, that's when you also go to your school counselor because they know how to fill out this form. They know what documents you need. They know what tools you need, and they can really help you do that. But our tool will help get you there. Right. You may need to find someone in your school to help you finish it, but we're going to get you there, and as much as possible, we're going to walk you through those steps to help you finish. Because like I said, it's not an automated program. Mm -hmm. It's me on my cell phone texting back to you. So right. I can help you get there. We have counselors across the country, here in D.C. and other places, who can help you to fill out this form. Cool. But if there's nothing that, that your listeners don't remember except for this, mm -hmm. is to fill out the FAFSA at FAFSA.gov. That's F-A-F-S-A dot gov. This is amazing information that you're delivering. Give us one more time because I don't want to be, I don't want them people got it the first time. The whole texting process and what do they get from participating and filling out the FASTA? Absolutely. So they will get uh, what we call nudges. Essentially, we, we have seen the research that shows that people, especially students in this age group, mm -hmm. respond to these nudges that mm -hmm. we give. So mm -hmm. by texting students, uh, and I'll, I'll give you back that number again, we will help you, one, to fill out the FAFSA. We will remind your students to take the SAT or the ACT. Mm -hmm. We will remind you to start your college essays because right now the process has already begun. Right. The FAFSA for next year opened on October 1st. Mm -hmm. It's not too late. But the people who do it earlier are so the ones who get the first bite at that apple, and they get the most money. So you don't want to wait. You don't want to wait until, you know, until everything is due in, in <laughs> May or <laughs> right, in, right, even right. in April. It's too late. If you start right now, you work on those college essays, you get your FAFSA completed, you fill out the application, you can sit back and wait and see what happens. And there, there is a college for everyone. I've fully... Wow believe that with everything in my heart, that there is a college out there for every single person in this country. Well, it was a college and out there for me, you know, and, that's, uh, that's right. and I'm just going to let you know, um, my counselor, uh, when I was still, you know, wondering about, I'm you, when, I, when I left high school, I drove a fork trip, a forklift, uh, until I broke a guy's head because I didn't know what I was doing. I worked at the post office. So I, I was out there just trying to find myself. But one thing I always remember, my counselor made me fill out the application for the University of Houston. She said, fill this out. You, 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 you'll qualify. So that step, I know the importance of that. If I don't fill that application out, then guess what? Because I was still out there. I was driving forklift. I just looked, I just got out of high. I was just happy to be out of high school. So I know the importance of your conversation and what you're trying to do. And I'm always just money making conversation is about providing that information. So if you don't mind, if you can send me, uh, uh, talk to my talent booker, send me any flyers that I can post on my money making conversation Facebook page and our Twitter account, because this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to reach not only the students but their parents who are wondering, right. and sometimes they can't push their kid to that next level because they feel they can't afford it themselves. So they right. want, out of embarrassment, 
They just allow their child to just take the secondary opportunity instead of fulfilling the dreams that they want their kids to say. This phone call is telling me and telling everybody, there's options out there. Fill out the paperwork. Get your name in the lottery so you can get a shot at the next level, just like everybody else. That's all this is about. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Because, you know, other other kids aren't being told that they can't go. They're being told to go. And it makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. Um, I, I am passionate about this work. I hear College changed my life. Mm-hmm. It changed my parents' life. Mm-hmm. It changed my grandparents' life. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that I would not be where I am because of college. I got to work with Michelle Obama. I mean, how many people get to say that? But I know that from my past, Right. that I would not have been able to follow that dream had it not been yeah, for, for my college education. And I recognize that not everybody wants to do what I did. Not everybody wants to work in Washington, and you don't have to. But like you said before, it gives you the options that Ooh, you need to lift yourself and your family to the next level. Changed my life. Well, my friend, Stephanie, I have to go. I hope you come back. Uh, if we can schedule again, absolutely, because, I would love to because, come back. Because you know, I, I know your brand now. I'm focused. I know what to dive in on, and we get this word out. And um, but uh, send me uh, get those uh, social media banners to me, so I can start putting it on my social media and get the word out. Because it's about consistent marketing, consistent branding, that people start understanding exactly the message you're trying to put out. Again, thank you for taking the time to be on my show. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll be back soon. This is Rashad McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversation, Boys and Girls Club of America. Frank Sanchez will be coming up next. Thank you. Ready? Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. My guest is on the line. It's time to bring him on the show. My next guest is the National Vice President of Sports, Entertainment, and Alumni uh, Alumni Development for the Boys and Girls Club of America. In 2016, the Chronicle of Philanthropy ranked the Boys and Girls Club as the number one youth organization for the 23rd straight year. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Frank Sanchez. Thank you. Frank, where are you calling from, Frank? I'm calling from our headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, my home. You know something? I just knew you were going to say something like L.A. or New York, but you in my hometown, which is Atlanta, and also Houston, Texas. What about in Atlanta, Georgia, are you, are you set up at? I'm on 15th and Peach Street, right in the heart of Midtown. Uh, been here for our national headquarters, moved here about 20 Five years ago, we were in New York, yes, sir. The United Nations, mm-hmm. and, um, because uh, we wanted um, a location where we can find the best employees in the country. We moved here <laughs> to Atlanta, Georgia. But my friend, I'm I'm not mad at your move. I enjoy Atlanta. It's, the atmosphere is great, and you do have a strong, you know, and the, the economic lifestyle is is lower and much more affordable, which is also great to find in the right people and uh, also for your own personal well-being. <laughs> that is the truth. Well, tell me about the mission. Uh, first of all, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Boys and Girls Club. 
I, I got all this information. I want. I, I don't want to jump in front and, and tell the story that you should be telling. So I'm going to throw out some questions initially so we can build a relationship of what exactly Boys and Club, because, man, you have been there forever. I use the word forever in a very, very proud manner because that means that over that time you've affected and changed a lot of lives. And I know in the short period of time that I've been into the world, you know, because my life has been about – I went to college, then I got out and started doing stand-up comedy, and I write television shows. It, but, you know, I've been donating here and there, but your whole focus has been about changing young people's lives. What is the mission of the Boys and Girls Club of America? Well, our mission is pretty simple. We want to enable all young people, especially those who need us most, to reach their full potential as successful citizens of America. And mm -hmm. we do that through our 4,300 clubs, nationwide, our 61,000 paid professionals, mm -hmm. uh, and every day uh, some 500,000 kids in America walk into a boys and girls club and have an experience uh, around education, character, right. leadership, and um, you know, good um, uh, education, character, and leadership, and healthy lifestyles. And we want to, we are the gatekeepers of the after-school time where, you know, as you and I, I you know, in my lifetime, growing up in New York, after school was the most dangerous time for young people, and Boys and Girls Club fills that void every day uh, for uh, hundreds of thousands of kids. Well, well, let's not just say hundreds of thousands. Let's go. Boys and Girls Club annually serve 4 million young people through membership and community outreach in 4,300 clubs, facilities that you mentioned earlier. The thing that kind of... When I was when I was going through breaking down this, all this information that was sent sent to me, now I want to explain exactly what this information that I'm about to put out to you. It says uh, 1,594 school-based clubs. What is that? When you say that 1,598, what is a school-based club? Oh, that's a great question. Great question. You know there are um, traditional boys and girls clubs are building-based operations. Yes, they sir. are a boys and girls club facility that stands alone. So a kid typically leaves school and goes to a facility called a Boys and Girls Club. Mm -hmm. A um, school-based site is after school, Boys and Girls Club has a location on yes, the school campus, and we serve kids in that school and other uh, kids in the community mm. on the school site. So it, allow, it allowed us to expand our reach uh, with a partner that is a natural partner for us. Kids go from school, and they have a place to go after school. And our school-based sites are a large segment of our population, as well as our military sites. And I was about to go to that, because that, that I didn't know about the military sites. You know, when you say that, 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 that was new information to me. You know, you have 481 Boys and Girls Clubs affiliated youth centers on U.S. military installations worldwide. How's that, how does that relationship work? Well, it goes back some 25 years. It started with our Desert Storm program, and uh, it just makes natural sense when parents uh, and our military men and women are deployed, there's right. a gap with who's serving their kids uh, with quality programs. And we, had a, we started a partnership with the military some 25 years ago, and uh, it is extended now uh, to reach a significant number of young people. Uh, but... Again, as parents are deployed, who's working with those young people? So right. it was a natural fit for Boys and Girls Clubs of America to fill that void, to work with young people uh, during that time when their parents are serving our country. And uh, that's what Boys and Girls Club is about. Uh, it's doing anything we can to serve communities, kids, and families.
You know, it's interesting that uh, when, I, when I hear all this information come to me because, you know, and I'm just going to bring out these organizations because they're youth or organizations. You know, you have the Girl Scouts, the Boys, Boy Scouts, you have the YMCA, you know, and then you have the Boys and Girls Club of America. Now, I think strategy-wise, you guys using celebrities – spokespeople or, or celebrity mentors they publicly uh, communicate has really really done wonders for your branding and marketing of what you're doing at the boys and girls club am i correct it has um there's two real signature moments in our history that probably started around the same time the first is uh, our partnership with major league baseball and if right. you watch any of the world series you'll see behind home plate boys and girls clubs of america Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball has been a supporter of us. We've been their official charity for close to 20 years, 20 years plus. Mm -hmm. The second thing that happened was about 25 years ago, this young man came up to us, <laughs> Enzo Washington, and said, I'm going to hey. go say his name. I'm going to go say his name, Frank, but he's the man, though. He is the man. Denzel is the man, and he's been our national spokesperson, along with Jennifer Lopez. Mm -hmm. But Denzel's been our national spokesperson for uh, almost 25 years, and there is a direct line between us being a charity that most people knew the good work, but didn't. We didn't have that that face. And when Denzel came in, he has been the face of our charity with Jennifer Lopez for the past two decades. And we also have about a hundred ambassadors. You do. I saw oh, that picture, a, man. That picture. I don't know how you got them all together. Maybe that was Photoshop. How you got them all in that picture together, from Terrence Howard to Jennifer Lopez to Denzel. Just name a few because it's it's I, it's just important that people understand that was key, man. Because you know having a Denzel come on the commercial or having a Jennifer Lopez, that's millions of dollars in marketing that you, you connect the dots on immediately, especially in the social world and the digital world. Just a smart way of staying topical and staying relevant, correct? That is correct. And as a nonprofit, you know, we have to be sensitive to how we utilize, utilize our dollars. And advertising is a space that we don't spend a lot of money on. You don't. We, we have to rely on uh, these types of partnerships, these types of relationships to get our name out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's a critical way for us to stay relevant. It's also a critical way for us to stay relevant with our teens and our kids in the community. They want to be, be in a place where they know their influencers want to be involved with. You know, we currently have a partnership with uh, Katy Perry, a mega pop star. And, you know, Katy Perry is, um, <laughs> it's amazing what she's doing for every Every ticket sold, we'll receive some money for that. But more importantly, she has her dancers, her musicians visiting clubs. Mm -hmm. Katie is visiting clubs mm -hmm. across the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, it just gives us a way to be relevant uh, and to inspire our young people uh, that they can be great, just like uh, the people that uh, we are surround ourselves with. Now, you, you create these strategic allowances. That's, that's just your, one, of your, one of your primary roles, correct? That is one of my primary roles. Uh, I've been blessed to have some strong relationships over yes, the years, and those relationships, um, as long as they live in the spirit of children, usually manifest into good things. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go take a break. We're going to be right back. And when I come back, uh, Mr. Sanchez, I want to talk about the clubs that are in public housing and the clubs that are on native lands. Like I said, all this information has just been sent to me. I went online and saw it.
I brought you on the show just to educate me. And I feel if you educate me, you're going to tell the world more about the great program that you guys are doing every day, affecting 4 million annually. This is Money Making Conversation. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. I'm back with Money Making Conversations on the phone. This is my guest, the National Vice President of Sports Entertainment and Alumni Development for the Bars and Club, Bars and Girls Club of America, uh, Mr. Frank Sanchez. How you doing, Frank? Hey, I'm great. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Hey, thank you. Thank you for helping me spread the word of positivity, because my show today is really about successful people who are making a difference by uplifting the community, because a lot of people don't realize that if you, you, the youth of America can become customers, they will become taxpayers, they will become voters. And so how you shape them young is how they will impact our country as they become adults. And that's why programs like this, what is the age age range for the Boys and Girls Club of America? Young people usually arrive at about six years old and yes, uh, stay through their teen years. Mm-hmm. We kind of peak six to 13, and then, you know, we grapple, we, we, we keep our teens around, uh, we have a new digital strategy that will allow our teens not only to uh, advance their skills digitally mm-hmm. uh, with school, with jobs and careers, but uh, we'll keep our teens uh, aligned with Boys and Girls Clubs through their uh, 17 and 18 years. Now, I, my, myself, I mm-hmm. myself started at six years old and mm-hmm. uh, have never left. It's been a part of my life. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Now, my, my show producer, RJ, he's from Alabama. And he was talking about his experience. He's a fan of the Boys and Girls Club of America. And he was telling me, like, he goes back every year just to volunteer, participate. But he also says that it's not packed like it was when he was a a young man coming up. Is there a reason for that? Is it funding issues now? Or or am I saying something that that only he's experiencing in Alabama? Well, um, you know, it's interesting. I just left uh, Alabama. I was in Opelika, Alabama, just a few short days ago. Uh, and I was at a uh, at a club out there, and it was packed to the brim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think what happens now is that there's so many uh, all, uh, options for young people, yes, right? Sir. And this device that's in our hand every day mm-hmm. becomes an option for young people. And so, boys and girls clubs, we strive we we strive to be contemporary. Mm-hmm. We have tech centers in our clubs. We have computers in our clubs. Uh, but we still focus on relationships with young people that can transform their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think um, uh, that as we compete, you know, our competition has always been technology in the streets, mm-hmm. and uh, we're trying our best to make sure that we stay relevant uh, and, and in time with what kids need. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, uh, as you talked about funding, there's always you – know, funding is always a opportunity for right. our clubs. Right. They need the dollars to survive. They're, they're funded by – um, those dollars to continue to support these kids in their communities. So uh, it is a critical part of our uh, movement uh, mm-hmm. that we rely on America, we rely on corporate, we rely on individual donations yes, sir. Uh, to support our local clubs nationwide. Cool. Uh, let me read a, a statement from your um, from the from the website. Uh, Clubs play an important role in providing a safe space to exercise, compete in team sports, and establish lifelong friendships. Teens who stay involved in the club are more likely than their peers to have to have healthy habits, including being physically active and abstaining from <clears throat> abstaining from risky behaviors like drinking alcohol, smoking, and using marijuana. Eighty-four percent of boys and girls clubs, twelfth graders, report abstaining from alcohol compared with fifty-eight percent of twelfth graders nationally. 
That's powerful. It is a powerful statement, and it's really based on uh, the great programs we have on clubs, the relationships that our club staff develop with young people, and raising the standards, raising the goals for our young people. You know, all of us, um, you said this earlier, you talk, we talked about Denzel Washington. And yes, sir. In 2006, he wrote a book called The Hand to Guide Me. And Denzel said, listen, everybody knows I'm successful, right? They look at me now, but they don't know... <laughs> Who helped me become successful? Mm -hmm. Who was the hand that guided me? Mm -hmm. And um, we had the privilege of interviewing about 70 people. And every one of them, from presidents to generals to leaders in industries, all said that it was a person who helped guide them to success. Mm -hmm. And that person, when they do it right, can help them navigate through the tough times and tough decisions, like alcohol, like drugs, like uh, inappropriate relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's what our youth development professionals do every day at clubs. So um, that data is a direct reflection of the great work our team do at local clubs and the programs that support them. And that, that, that's why I wanted to read that, because uh, a lot of programs can't say that. And, it, and sometimes you have to toot, let somebody else toot your horn. And that right now I'm tooting your horn, my friend, because it's important that programs like this Give kids options. I always tell me, that's, oh, that's true. Idle mind, do do idle craziness. And so when you talk about these people who guided you, like I had a number of people who kept me aligned. Frank, I was I was one of those students gifted, but boy, I was all over the place. I, I had a lot of people had to keep pushing me back on the road to success. Uh, <laughs> on the road. Cause, bro, I, I, I rode on that gravel and be about to head it for that ditch. And they go, no, 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 come bring her, come back here. And I can remember Miss <laughs> Trailer, you know, she's my biology student. I can remember Miss Nelson, you know, she was my math student. All these people in high school and in college, I can remember not only you know my fraternity brothers kept me focused. You know, college uh, uh, when I worked at part time jobs, they kept me focused. I remember, I remember parents of students that were my roommates. They saw things in me and went, "You're special," you know. You're different. You you can you can make a difference. And I always say that saying positive things to young people really is the key. And secondly, is keeping young people in a positive environment is the biggest key. Because if you go around, if you tell if all your kids here, they can't make it. They stupid. They're a criminal. You know, or you're going to get arrested. You're going to jail before you hit 30. If you if that's if that's what you're hearing, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But if you're around people who are telling you you can be successful, and that's what the Boys and Girls Club of America is telling people, young people especially, you can make it happen. You can be, you, come to us. We have nothing but positive things to say about you. We want to tell you you're special. And that's really the core of your success, correct? Uh, that is the core of our success. A positive affirmation is a big part of our toolkit to help young people. Uh, but it's also setting expectations, mm -hmm. yep. having young people understand that there are expectations. And uh, when you exceed those expectations, we're going to recognize you. We're going to guide you. We're going to uh, allow you to uh, explore new opportunities. There's, there's secret sauce to our work, uh, recognition, strong, positive relationships. Right. Uh, the more time we spend with kids, the more opportunity for them to be successful. So there's, there's a, a secret sauce to the success of these local <laughs> clubs. Uh, but positive affirmation and setting goals and aspirations is, is part of that. And um, we, are, uh, we have a, 157 years of experience doing that. You may not know this, sir, but 
you know, you talked about some fine other youth organizations, the yes, Scouts, uh, mm-hmm. Boy Scouts, girls. Mm-hmm. great YMCA, great organization. Mm-hmm. Boys and Girls Club is an American-made organization. It mm-hmm. was made here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was developed here, and it's mm-hmm. 157 years old, uh, and we've been working with uh, kids and communities for, uh, for that long. Well, here's what's important to me, is that you don't run, you know, certain organizations – you know, they're basically talking to a certain group of people all the time. It was two things that stood out for me when I did my research and my staff gave me information. It was the 296 clubs in public housing and the 175 clubs on native lands. Those can be those public housing and Native Americans can oftentimes be a forgotten group of people. But you guys have chosen to go in and go, look, you're important to us. You have a voice. We want to give you the same opportunity to experience what every other kid is experiencing in America. That, to me, is way powerful, Frank. That is a powerful statement, but it is part of our mission. You know, we want to enable all young people, especially those who need us most. That's the core of this, especially those who need us most. And when you talk about kids in public housing, they need us most. Uh, wow. There are food deserts. They live in food deserts where, um, you know, the closest uh, healthy choice may be two, three, four miles away. Mm-hmm. When you talk about Native Americans and their food deserts, mm-hmm. some of them may have to drive an hour, an hour and a half to get a healthy choice for food. That's where boys and girls, that's why they need us most. That's where we go. Uh, we've been involved with Native Americans for some 25 years. We have been uh, really the only youth service agency that has been there for more than two decades servicing young people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, it is critical work. Uh, Juvenile diabetes rates on Native American lands is tragic. It is. It's tragic. When you think about alcohol abuse on Native American lands, it's tragic. And Boys and Girls Club goes in there, and our goal is, again, to help these young people during critical hours to make good decisions, make good choices. And we've got great alumni that have come out of that, young actor named Martin Sesamaya, who you'll be hearing a lot of in the next year, mm-hmm. a, a golfer, Nota Gay, just great people that have experienced the Boys and Girls Club and uh, have overcome great obstacles to become successful. My friend. I want to call you my friend. Like I said, I have a home in Atlanta, Georgia. If you don't mind, I'm going to drop by, shake your hand. And if you can use any of my skill set, whether it's social, branding, or come back on my show anytime you have a special event, feel free to use Rashawn McDonald. Okay, Frank? I'm going to hold you to that. Next year we'll have some 2,000 kids here in Atlanta, Georgia, 2,000 teens celebrating our leadership program, and I look to you to help inspire uh, some 2,000 kids next year. I'm going to tell you something, Frank. You're, not, you, you're throwing no fear in me, my friend. I will be <laughs> there. I'm telling everybody. You send me a flyer, and I will confirm it on my Facebook page today because what you're doing, what Mr. Washington has been doing, and I just want to outline the people. That's what this show is about today letting people know about successful people because you can be successful in the corporate world you got that skill set but every day you changing lives and reshaping america in the direction that can only make it better my friend stay strong and you will be seeing me in your office one day talking about what do i need to do to help the boys and girls club of america 
<laughs> thank you very much, and thank you for this opportunity. Appreciate you and your fans. Appreciate you, my friend. We talk soon. Coming up next, got some more happening. Money making conversation. Don't you go nowhere. People on this show are changing lives, just like the lives I'm trying to change. Wow. Rashawn McDonald. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Money making conversation coming right back. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You can always call me when I'm doing my show. This is Money Making Conversation. I'm your host. 832-230-5592 is my number. 832-230-5592. My show today has been about successful people who are out there uplifting the community. They can be out there with a corporate job, doing their thing at IBM, Google. But they've chosen a path in life of changing the young people in America and making this country greater, making this country better. Because guess what? We all need to look in that direction. And it's really important that when we see these things happen, that we need to applaud them. Because guess what? They're doing things that the average person will not do because they're in their own right are very special. My next guest, interesting guy, talented guy, was exposed early to the harsh realities of divorce, drugs, violence, and alcoholism that plagued not only his family, but the Flint, Michigan community at large. Rising above his circumstances, Omar went on to attend Howard University and now is the creator and founder of Executive Preparatory Academy of Finance. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Omar McGee. How you doing, thank, sir? Thank you. Oh, I'm doing great. Can't complain. You, you can't complain, huh? Doing that good? No. <laughs> but nobody will listen anyway, right? No, no, because you're a good-looking dude. You know, you're successful. So who are you complaining to? Because there's a lot of people out there doing way worse. But what you're doing is way bigger because you, you're helping out our youth. you redirecting redirecting kids who may fall in a different direction and keeping them straight in the right direction. That's amazing, dude. Uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Now, I, I read that, pull that information from your bio about mm-hmm. you growing up. How did you get out? When I, when I read that, let me read that again. How did you get out? Uh, early years exposed to harsh realities of divorce, drugs, violence, and alcoholism. How do you get out? My, what finger or what prayer or what person got you out? Well, it's a complicated story. I'm the, I'm the baby of eight. You know, I, my mom, she was, you know, she was addicted to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad, he took over, you know, the other seven and moved them into a dollar house, which is a, a house that the city was giving people in the community to, you know, once GM started closing down, the community was falling so fast. Absolutely. They started selling houses for like a dollar, but the thing was you couldn't sell it. You had to rebuild it and live in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that house was actually like worth a dollar, like truly. And you're talking about a place that, you know, wintertime is practically hell. It's, you know, zero below zero practically, mm-hmm. you know, half of the winter and this place you know didn't have you know secure windows no heat no running water and um you know he moved my sisters over there because the environment from my mom in my mom's my mom's environment was so bad but i stayed with my mom because you know she, she was on welfare so she you know bills were paid only thing i had to do was fight trumps and pimps and mm-hmm. do those things so um to make a long story short you know i got into a lot of bad things as a kid i taught myself how to read through memorization mm-hmm. um after my mom died, you know, mm-hmm. I was so far behind in school. Um, my 
when they removed my mom out, they were finding papers, you know, mm-hmm. like the state was about to take, uh, take me. They were about to take me. So um, when that happened, they realized that they had to get me out of there. So my brother got the first job at Home Depot in Atlanta. Like when they first opened. <laughs> right. I know this sounds crazy, right? So they shipped me out there and lied and said I was in the eighth grade. So, um, and I discovered basketball and that's how I started, you know, changing my life. My, my brother introduced me to a lot of things from mm-hmm. Alpha X to Martin Luther King to Farrakhan because I was never that bad kid. I just, you know, I just didn't know. But let me ask you, let me ask you, because I want, I want to pull that comment back. That bad kid. Yeah. And I don't think no kid. I, 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 when I see things, when I see physical abuse on children, because the, 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 the greatest love in life is a child's love. Because that's all they know. You know, they're born with a blank slate. And as they yeah. grow up, they learn what they experience. You know, this is yeah. who they are. And, when, and, and I don't think there ever are bad kids. It's the environment. You know, a kid learns racism through their parents, through their environment. You know what I'm saying? You know, kids learn violence through their environment, you know, selling drugs. That's why I was asking you because, you know, I came from Fifth Ward, you know. It's one of the more impoverished communities. Very similar background. I I, I saw violence when I was coming up, you know, violence. And my parents may not be aware. I know they're not aware of what I saw. I was out there riding my bike playing basketball. I saw a lot of stuff going down. I go, whoa, you know. And they probably wouldn't let me go out there and play basketball (laughs) if they know what I saw. And so I, I know that. You know, I got in fights in the street. I remember I got in one fight, Omar. That dude hit me in my eye. I realized, you know something? I am not a fighter. Okay. Whatever ran in my mind, whatever thought jumped in my head will never jump in there again. If anybody ever wants to fight me, I'm going to tell them right now, I lost. I'm going to just admit right there, I lost. Before you start hurting me physically, I lost. So I, uh, I give. And so, but, but, but when I start, when I look at your journey, you know, in the community, that's why this show is being done today, because if we just get it through our heads, if we just get these young people early, yeah. they, they don't become bad kids. I'm talking about white, black, Hispanic, any of them. Yeah, no question. That's what no you're question. doing now, man, with your program. You're trying to capture them early and give them direction. Tell us about your program, and then I'm going to dive back in because I don't want to get too deep and people forget, don't understand why I have you on the show. I have you on the show about this this, this, this preparatory program that you created and the amazing 100% graduation right. Tell us about that, yeah. then we're going to jump back and get more and um, more of your history, okay? Yeah. I, I started executive prep um, four years ago. This is our fifth year. And um, I wanted to get, you know, what society considered the worst kids in L.A., and that's exactly what I got. Mm-hmm. I mean, our kids were the kids that Dorsey, Crenshaw, you know, a lot of the schools, our tougher schools didn't want. I know them. I know all of them. And a lot mm-hmm. of people told me I would fail. A lot of people told me I'm wasting my money. But that was the challenge. Mm-hmm. And I was cool with that challenge because that's what I wanted. Right. So um, within that, I mean, you have you have to understand I had to separate the kids, not by – their academics, but by their gang affiliation. If you roll in the 60s, you got to go over here. If you Absolutely. Bloods, you got you have to go over there. And Red and blues and can't be sitting in the same classroom, brother. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, you can't sit in the same classroom. So that's Mm-mm. what I was dealing with. But, again, that's the challenge. I wanted it because I know if we can change those kids, we can change the academic success across the nation for our kids. We can practically save our culture. Right. 
Because right. you know ninth grade is your, you know that's when the, that's when all your kids drop out of high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so uh, so what's your minority breakdown? What is it? Hispanic, African American? What uh, is that? Ninety percent African American, ten percent Hispanic. Right, because I know that whole neighborhood over there is changing. It's becoming more and more Hispanic, correct? Yes, yes. It's, it's not a lot of schools for African Americans to go to in L.A. right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the black and brown thing is very heavy out here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 really really a big problem in the school system in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, anyway, so I I I, I created my mission. To, um, Financial literacy. I believe in instant gratification. You know, it's a big gray area from ninth grade to being a doctor. It's a lot of stuff goes on between <laughs> that time. So you got to give them small championships in the middle. Right. And you know, I I created Executive Prep Academy of Finance. Our kids have their own businesses. Some kids have their parents working for them. Some kids even make more money than their parents. And um, not only are they learning about finance. They're teaching their parents and their sisters and brothers and how to create a bank account, how to prepare yourself for loans, interest rates, how to buy a car, how to fix your credit. Mm-hmm. So it's not only executive prep is going throughout the community. And, um, you know, it makes sense to them because now what we're doing is answering the question of why. Mm-hmm. You know, why you need an education and how it's going to benefit. When you answer that question for a kid, they make perfect sense because they have no examples in the community of Mm -hmm. successful people Mm -hmm. coming from education. And if they do, they leave. So they don't have a one-on-one contact with them, no one-on-one contact with them. So they have not a lot of confidence. And, and then you'll go, that's really interesting. You say, I noticed that uh, you, you you said athletics played a major role in your life. Am I wrong? Mm -hmm. Cause I hear that term. I hear that terminology a lot, you know, reward, uh, Put for how do you how do you marry the two how do you how do you make sure you know that 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 path is similar because that's a natural lead for you but it also lays a great framework for motivation. Yes, are you talking about with the students or myself personally? Students with the students. Okay, well, you know the true concept of that is I just didn't have any other option. I I just wasn't exposed to anything. Right. But the truth of the matter is. Our students, our kids from the community, they know they're not going to be LeBron James. They know they can't. They're not Jay Z. If you ask them, I want to be a rapper, and they never rap a day in their life. They don't practice. They don't do anything. They just don't have anything else to say. So what I do, and the things I've done, so like our career day is sponsored by Ernst and Young, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So I have every I contact everybody from Ernst and Young that's participating in the career day, and I tell them to drive their best car. Do not be conservative. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. So guess what happens? Mm-hmm. We have over $300 million on campus that day. And mm-hmm. I'm very unapologetic about this. I don't do the firemen. I don't do the policemen. There's nothing wrong with those jobs. But my competition is Jay-Z, Puff Daddy, LeBron. He's so smart. So what happens is when they see that doctor jump out of that Rolls Royce. Or that Maserati. Or that Maserati. That they say, Come on I now. can't be LeBron. G-Wagon. But I, I can be that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't be LeBron James, but I can be that. I'm figuring this thing out. So, and then you know, we hug them with that information, and that exposure, and, and 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 the concept change, and the culture of executive prep starts to change because now they believe. And once you get a kid dreaming, the dysfunction is small in comparison to their life. In their man, life, man, I'm mad at you. That is so smart. What you doing, man? You know, yeah. because because that's what the big complaint about. You know, you idolizing these athletes and these rappers and all that. You say, okay, yeah. I got that. 
But the but the, the way you win is thinking out of the box. You say, yes. who else yes. drives, has mansions? Who else got bad cars, you know, tailored yes. suits? Okay, corporate yeah. execs. Okay, now, yeah. come on down here with that Porsche, that Mercedes, that Jaguar. We're going to park them out here and let these kids see. You don't have to dunk. You don't have to rap. Just use your brain. The one thing that God exactly. gave us all. That, my friend, is brilliant. That's brilliant, dude. Yes. That's yeah. brilliant. So we, we just exposed them to everything. I mean, they just went to see Hamilton. I rented them a Mercedes-Benz um, Sprinter. They go, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're in my you world, know, brother. You're in my world. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you go through our Instagram, you see them on the Lakers on the, on, the, on, the, on the floor with Snoop Dogg. Like, we do amazing things with our kids. We let them know what the other side looks like, and you can do that. Absolutely. And not only that you can do that, you're about to experience that. I'm going to give you a taste of that so you can get thirsty. And that's what we're about. We're just giving them the world and showing them. And then, and, and, and the sad part about it, I get a lot of slack for that. Because people tell me I'm giving them unrealistic goals. And I'm like, Whoa. You're not. You're not. And I get mad. I, I get, okay, now okay, now they can't be a stockbroker. That's what you're saying exactly. now. Oh, exactly. oh, oh, now they can't work in an executive position. That's what you're saying now. So yeah, what, yeah. What, what do you want them to do? What do you want them exactly. to do? I, you, you said they can't rap. You said they can't act. You said they can't sing. You said they can't dunk. They can't throw a football. They can't hit a baseball. Now they can't think? That's what you're saying yeah. now? Yeah. Stop with yeah. the madness, man. Stop with the madness. Yeah. Hey, you got me fired up. You got me fired up, Omar. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back because you about to make me fly to L.A. and come to your school and start talking because you're talking my kind of language, my friend. We'll be back with more, my man Omar, doing this thing in L.A. Because guess what? I spent 15 years out in L.A. I know exactly what he's dealing with. We'll be back, right back with more money-making conversations. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. I'm back with Money Making Conversations. I'm your host on the phone, my friend. He's out of Flint, Michigan. Overcame the odds with the Howard University. Now he's in Los Angeles. He's the creator and founder of Executive Preparatory Academy of Finance. Back on the line, my man Omar McGee. How you doing, Omar? Good, good. Can't now, complain. Now you, now you, you left me hyped. Now you left me hyped okay. up there. I got and, uh, more for you. Okay, cool. cool. So, so I'm going to be quiet. Hype me some more, man. Give me, because I'm being in L.A. on Saturday morning. I'm landing on Saturday morning because I'm being recognized for my community work by Amazing Grace Conservatory that's founded by Ren the actress Wendy Raquel Robinson. So I come out okay. in L.A. all the time. So Another I'll be, Howard sister. Come that's on now. Howard sister. I, you know, I know. You know, that's why I had to bring it up. I did bring it yeah. up. <laughs> so, yeah. so tell us some more about your program, and then we're going to get a little more detail. And when we hang up the phone, we're going to have a relationship, my friend. We're going to be friends, and when you need something, you're going to call me because guess what? I'm that type of dude. Uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate the support. Well, basically, we just here to save kids, man. We just believe in everything that we're doing, and now they believe in everything that we're doing. You know, the culture is set. You know, every kid goes to a four-year college, no exceptions, no options, no trade schools, no junior colleges. They're not even allowed to talk about it. And um, believe it or not, I got a lot of slack about that. That was another unrealistic goal. Um, they said I was giving the kids because, you know, they said, you know, <laughs> every kid I made for college. I said, well, I've heard that a person too. that never met that kid can never tell me that kid is not made for college until – the only way we know that kid is not made for college is when he go to college and come back and say, I'm not made for college. Until then, 
none of us can determine. Give him a shot. Give him a shot. Or her shot. Yeah, give her a shot. You know, I was not made for college. If you would have told me I would have graduated from Howard University and doing all these things in high school, I would have looked at you and laughed. I said college wasn't for me. But basketball took me to college, and that's the only way I could play. But once I got to college, I found the confidence to, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So it just made perfect sense. So I know that, you know, these kids can do it, and they believe they can do it. It's obvious. I mean, now, my first graduation, now, I get a, I get a, 100% for your college. A lot of people always approach me about, you know, when I, was, when, when I helped Steve build out his, uh, his foundation, you know, he was famous. Okay, so mm-hmm. it was easy for me to go to, well, I shouldn't say the word easy because you still had, had a, a media kid and a reason for asking Ford or State Farm or Home Depot yeah. or, for money or the U.S. Army for money. And so, mm-hmm. so how does an individual, you're just a regular guy yeah. with a dream, with a vision, how do you launch your foundation? Because this is your second foundation that you that you really gotten engaged with. How do you get yeah. the money? How how does what makes you a superstar in this? What made you make it happen? Because a lot of people still out there stumbling. They got these visions of goodness, but how do they get started? Well, just belief. You know, I I took my own money and put my money. See, a lot of people. The problem is this: mm-hmm. people have a dream, but they want to use other people's money. They want to use other people's money. Yes, sir. Um, I believe that. And not their own. You know, you come to it. You, you come to someone and say, can you invest in this? And then when the person asks how much you invest in it, that's, yo, I didn't invest anything. Okay, <laughs> you have no stake in the game. Right. So, you know, I, I put up a lot to make this happen. You know, right. I sold my house. You know, I did a lot to make this happen. So mm-hmm. I put my money where my mouth is. So when I went to somebody or um, solicit other people and investors or donors, you know, it perfectly made sense. Mm-hmm. They know if I put my money into it, you know, I really believe in it. And then it's just my energy. Like, it was nothing that was going to stop me. Um, even when everybody told me I would fail, right. um, I kept pushing, and I, I made it happen. You know, it's interesting you say that because whenever I talk to someone about trying to start their program, or whether it's senior citizens or meal programs or students, you got to have a record. you got to have a, yeah. a footprint of what you've done to convince people that they should come on board. So if yeah. you don't invest in yourself, if you don't get the word out or start creating a media kit, and that's what you basically did by investing yeah. in yourself. I remember the first camp that Steve Harvey and I did at his at his Dallas Ranch. I personally came out of my pocket. Personally came yeah. out of my pocket $40,000 to help launch that because we were doing the Disney Dreamers Academy, and I was going, we were just supporting the Disney Dreamers Academy we should also support something that Steve believes in. That was single single moms and single boys in their household. Yeah. And, the, and, yeah. the, and, the, and, the, and there was no male leadership in that household. And so we had to come out of our pockets. Same thing you just said. We invested in ourselves. And I'm just saying, my name wasn't nowhere on this program. It was Steve Harvey. But I yeah. felt that I had to invest to get it going as well, to, to show him I'm invested too, Steve. I believe in your dreams too, Steve. And we took that first-year program, and that became the model that we took to other sponsors and say, look, this is what we did last year. Just think of what we could do if you came on board and gave us $150,000 or $200,000 or $50,000 or $25,000. We can do more, yeah. way more and help out more students. So I truly understand your philosophy, and it burns me up when people come up to you. They got all these great ideas, but they don't want to invest. In themselves, the one you to invest your money, yeah, and then also the belief as well. You know, like I wasn't afraid to tell people that I was going to graduate 100% of our.
our kids and 100% of them was going to go to four-year college. I said that from the beginning mm-hmm. with kids that coming in on the fifth grade level. I'm not afraid to say those things and, and really mean them. You know, people thought I was crazy. I was the closest thing to Kanye. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> this guy don't even, this guy, you, you didn't even go to school for education. Who are you? Like, educators hated me. Like, I've been in this 30 years. There's no way that you can do this. And I'm right. just like, like, don't put your fears on me. Yeah, I didn't on, have yeah. nothing to do with the way you feel. But I know I can do this because right. the difference between me and you, I was actually one of those kids. There's nothing they can tell me that I haven't experienced. I'm going to relate to those kids way faster than you. So, I knew I can do it. And it's not a knock on, you know, that because that's needed as well. It's also, you know, that balance. But at the same time, I always knew that I can do this. And, you know, last year it was just proven. So, 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 so you go to Howard University. And see, yeah. and I always tell people, man, I, I've had, uh, you know, Stephanie uh, Owens, she's from the Reach Hire program, uh, initiated by First Lady Michelle Obama. I just had Frank Sanchez uh, from the Boys and Girl Club of America, been around for 157 years, and now I have yeah. your program. You know, I, I think it's so awesome to follow his interview, 157 years, to your program because yeah. it lets you know that you can keep reinventing the wheel. You can keep creating new yeah. opportunities for these young people out there. Don't, it doesn't matter what demo, as long as they need help and they ask for help, you extending a hand. That's what I love yeah. about your program, and that's the and, and, and the beauty of it is based on your philosophy. And I always tell people in life, if you don't know who you are, how are you gonna help somebody to be who they are? Exactly, you're right. And that's what you're doing right now. You know exactly who you are. So when people come at you, you you quickly put up the stop sign. You need to stop talking to me. Stop yeah. talking to me. What you doing? Why are you over there complaining? Ain't you tired? Ain't you tired of talking? Won't you take that energy to go do something for yourself? Go go that, pray or something. Go donate or something. Because those people right there make me sick, man. They make yeah. them do nothing. Complaining people make me sick. And I have no problem telling them to get out of my face. Yeah, you know. I mean, because my only, my only duty and loyalty is to the kids. It's not to them. And that's what they have to understand. And it's, yes, sir. And that relationship is very, you know, it's a tough relationship because you have to understand I have to wear the face of a father, a uncle, whatever I have to be to get that kid across the finish line. Cause I'm not a CEO that like just sit up and do interviews. Like I'm in their lives every day. I got to go to sweet 16 parties. Right. I have to buy, you know, get their hair done for prom. If right. they got, they don't have money for a suit. They, you know, Miss McGee, I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm there. Like, it's not of even that. a game. Of College, that. they calling me every five minutes. So, oh my and goodness. then, also, you have to understand, too, your audio have to match your video. Mm-hmm. Like, what you say you are, you have to be. Because in these kids' lives, they have so many people lying to them and letting them down. They look for that. So if you have any dent in your armor, they're going to expose it. That, I don't go to strip clubs. I don't drink. I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Because I know exactly what they're looking for. They see any of that right there. It's a letdown. Because mm-hmm. they look at you now as somebody they've never seen before. Because it's not in their home. And that's what they dream of. That's the, that's, that's the father or uncle or friend I see on TV that's polished that I never experienced before. So you have to be very careful on even the way you carry yourself or, you know, the things that you do because, you know, you don't want to let those kids down at all. Because you're that consistent male figure that they've never had. Yeah. And yeah. that's really important when I in say that. In a lot that. of cases. Yeah, in a lot of cases. You know, a majority of the cases. I know yeah, majority because, of the cases. 
because in Houston, I remember Jason Oliphant, you know, your police officer for the Houston police 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 force here in Houston, used to have me come down and talk to these very same students that you're talking to. These students were at the school said, "Look, one more one more peep out of you, jail is your next address." And when I would go in there, I remember I came in there, and these kids had their arms folded. He go, I had my suit on, and I was looking good and everything, successful. And as I looked at this kid. He was about 6'5", you know, really a kid, you know, should be on somebody's football field because he was just a naturally athletic-looking kid. But guess what? He'd been steered wrong, been told all the wrong things, probably told he would never be successful. And a uh, yeah. big dummy. And uh, he said, because you ain't going to come back next week. That's why we're not really listening. I go, what do you mean? He said, he said all you need to hear first, sir, is to make yourself feel good. That's all. That's why. Won't you just do your speech? And guess what? And we just gonna act like we care about what's coming out your mouth, and um, and we we'll be even. And that's what you're saying right there. You're saying that. And I came back because of that kid said that. I came back for three straight months because yeah. I had to show them consistency that I wasn't yeah. that guy that was gonna come in and do a one-off. And believe me, man, it was some tough moments. In that room, because you know they had a no cursing policy. Well, I had yeah. to break that a few times. I'm gonna tell you, Omar, to get no, their attention. I, I, trust me, I totally understand. I totally understand. <laughs> I had to break trust that a couple of times to get their attention. But guess what? Yeah. They loved me though. They loved me. Yeah. They didn't beat me up because you know why? Because I consistently showed up. I consistently said what I was gonna do. And when I hear a program like yours, it's based on consistency, my man. No, you have a fan in me, brother. You have a fan of Rashawn McDonald, and I Thank will you. do whatever you need to keep, you know. And look at my wife gonna go crazy. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna do a donation for you too. I'm gonna help you out. And that prom season, a couple of suits need. Kid misses some some suits or rentals and all that. Call Rashawn. Rashawn got a couple of students here who can't afford rentals. Give me a call, okay? No problem. And can I have um, all the listeners to go to? Um, SupportExecutivePrep.com. Yes, sir. And make a donation. It's fair. We're trying to build a new computer lab right now and give every kid a computer. Um, you know, SupportExecPrep.com. Well, uh, do you have a particular number you're trying to get to or raise? Or just yes, it's all on. It's all on the um, website. It's all on the um, website. It's three hundred thousand dollars we're trying to get to. What that does is give us um, the best after-school program, SAT tutoring, um, tutoring period. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, state of the art um, computer lab, mm-hmm. computer for every child. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our books are e-text. We don't have books no more because I'm preparing them for the future. Absolutely, um, we started that four year four years ago. So um, a lot of our computers are outdated right now. So we're trying to revamp everything. So mm-hmm. we're trying to raise our our goal is three hundred thousand dollars. My man, uh, say that one more time so we can get it out there. Also, send me a flyer. Uh, okay. to the Dale Flyer so I can post it on Money Making Conversation. We can get it out there. Only way you win, man, is your message has to be told consistently. And that's, that's what I'm it. doing here on Money Making Conversation. You have a message? Let me scream it out for you. Okay? Say it one more time how they can donate and where they can go. And I want to thank you for this call, man. Floor okay, is no yours. Problem. Floor is yours, Omar. Floor is yours. Please go to <laughs> www.supportexecprep.com. Mm-hmm. And make a donation. Look at the video. You can look at all the wonderful things that we're doing. You can read about us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people such as Bill Clinton behind us, Jamie Foxx, Mike Epps, um, Jalen Rose, uh, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these videos will be there and be showcased. So please make a donation. Support. And not only make a donation, come by and see us when you're in L.A. Or if you're in L.A., come by and see what mm-hmm. we're doing and mm-hmm. so you can experience it as well. 
Um, but please make a donation. Support execprep.com. Appreciate Very you, important. my friend. Appreciate you. Thank uh, you. Got to bring you back. I already opened my mouth. So, you know, I'm a friend. So that means that you got to no put problem, me up there with brother. the Jamie Foxx and the Mike Epps. I know them all anyway. So I would just want to stencil my name right next to you. You got another parent, another person out there going to help out your cause. Send that information you, to me so I can promote what you're doing, my brother. Keep changing lives. Keep, as they say, keep hope alive, my brother. This is Rashawn McDonald. We'll be back with more. Ingrid Watkins will be on the phone talking about diversity in the workplace, how she's trying to make a difference. It's all about this show. It's just what Money Making Conversation is about. Secrets of success. We'll be right back. Rashawn McDonald. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. It's the last half hour of Money Making Conversation, which means I'm about to introduce my last guest of the day, which means that she's special. She's the headliner. People always ask me what money making conversation. Money making conversation is a show where I interview industry decision makers, corporate executives, small business entrepreneur type, and um, celebrities about their secrets of success. Money making day. The money making conversation show today is about people being successful in life and using that success to reshape our neighborhoods. My guests today are using their brands to change the culture of the way people think and educating everyone that being diverse wins. When I created Neighborhood Awards, um, Hoodie Awards, that sold out for 14 straight years, I started right here in Houston, Texas. That's exactly what I'm doing right now with Money Making Conversations. I am taking my success as a business professional, entertainment mogul, I've read, I've read that about me too, and using my personal experiences in life to uplift the community. All my guests on Money Making Conversations today are doing the same thing. My final guest for today is Chief Fiverr. Chief. Let me just get this right. My final guest today on Money Making Conversation is the Chief Diversity Strategist of IW Consulting Group. She is a passionate and accomplished leader in supplier diversity and business development. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Ingrid Watkins. Did I get all that out good? <laughs> hello, hello. How you doing there, Ingrid? I'm doing well. I have to pinch myself. I cannot believe I'm here with the, the wonderful, <laughs> awesome Rashad. Come on, girl. Come on, girl. Thank throw, you for having throw me. Throw out them credits. Throw out that love. Come on now. I like you myself <laughs> being, being uplifted, you know. I've almost spent all that time uplifting everybody else. I like to be uplifted, Ms. Watkins. I love it. I love it. You know, I'm Demand happy. The I'm happy. I'm happy being called love you. legend. Thank you very much. Let me just say, you, you sent me, because we're LinkedIn friends. I'm just like, we communicate yeah. LinkedIn and all that stuff. And I, I always tell people, you know, I know you got Facebook. I know you got Snapchat. I know you got Instagram. You got Twitter. If you're in an entrepreneur, if you're in a business of trying to market yourself among like-minded people, because you're not going to see any bikini pictures. You're not going to see this, that little, that little halfway pose where people show their little bodies and all that stuff and people partying and all that. You don't see that on LinkedIn. It's a motivational uh, social media format. It allows people like her. That's how we met. You know, I promote yeah. all those things on that. And so she sent me an article. But before we get into the article, I want to just talk about your career. <clears throat> you know, 20 years, Coca-Cola. Mm -hmm. yep. 20 years. Now, before I get you to respond, I used to work for IBM, and I always remind people, people always say, 
why are you successful? How, why were you able to do, have been able to do the things that you've done in your life, whether it's a writer or a manager or a producer? It came from the tools that were given to me at IBM. Mm-hmm. Will I say yeah. the same? Can I say the same thing about those same tools were delivered to you in your days at, at Coca-Cola? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I started my career very early in journalism. I had a journalism mm-hmm. background, mm-hmm. Um, moved on to corporate environment where I did some communications mm-hmm. and made the transition into supply diversity. It has always been my passion, even as a reporter in the early days, right. um, to take on diversity issues. Um, knowledge is power and awareness has always been my platform to elevate my people through knowledge and storytelling. Mm-hmm. So supplier diversity was one of those areas 15 years ago when I entered relatively new to corporate. I believed in the process of engaging diverse suppliers. I believed in inclusive uh, corporate practices, so it was a very natural transition for me mm-hmm. um, to move all of my personal beliefs into that area and to make it work in that business environment. Right. So, so yeah, I haven't spent 15 years there, of course. You, you hone your, your, your craft, you become, you know, it becomes your brand, and then you're your subject matter expert. So, you know, it's, it's been an amazing journey, actually. Now, I'm going to always ask questions. Rashawn, you know that answer. But I got to say, I got to answer because I got to let people know why I have you on the show or anybody on the show. Because sometimes, you know, if I don't allow you to tell your story, then guess what? I might miss the importance or the emotion or the passion. Why is diversity so important? Well, diversity and inclusion is important. If you think about. Okay, you said something important. You said diversity and inclusion. Am I missing something? Because I just said yes, diversity. Yeah, it's, it's about including a diverse community in your business practices. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about uh, marketing, how companies spend hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, marketing to a multicultural consumer, right. that's about them making money from the community. Right. So on the other end of the spectrum, there's supply diversity. That's about spending money and contracting with those same business owners, that multicultural business owner. And then there is um, diversity and inclusion, workplace diversity. That's about hiring diverse, um, you know, workforce. Right. So you want to have, you know, all three of those, I call it the multicultural uh, trifecta. You want to have all three of those covered to be able to, you know, claim that you're a diverse corporate culture. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see as a diversity professional not all corporations are doing all three of those um, sides of the triangle very well. So, so my mission, I believe, is to you know help those corporations to um, grow in areas where they might have a weakness or, or, or ha- have a gap. Because you know, because it, it, it's annoying sometimes. Because if you don't, then people will start telling your story, and if you allow them to keep telling your story, then their narrative can be off base. But guess what? You've given them permission to tell it. And guess what? Absolutely. They'll develop that image of you. This is where you, this all you value in life is this particular approach. And it's really important you mm-hmm. have somebody in the room. Because I've been in that room, and you've been in that room, where you are the mm-hmm. only person of minority status in that room. But more importantly, you have to be, if you are that person, you have to be willing to speak up, but speak up with a plan. Because I, I've been in the, I've been in rooms where people, you know, look at we, we're in an era today where everybody's upset about 
like racial discrimination just popped up last week. You know, it's been happening all our lives. You know, the millennials, they just found out about it this last year, it seems like, you know, because they, they right. suddenly, well, I mean, I was, because, uh, you know, I, 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 I employed millennials, and I actually told a young man, I said, you really don't understand racial discrimination. Yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. I said, no, you don't, because you grew up in an era where you look at TV and you see a whole lot of you on TV. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, you there's a whole lot of that look like you. I grew up wasn't like that, wasn't like that. I grew up, I I grew up in Fifth Ward. I got on the bus. It wasn't the black people on that bus when I got on that city bus. When they dropped me off, they dropped me off on the black side of downtown. I shopped. Mm-hmm. I went to the stores. And I'm not saying this. I'm just saying that's the way. That's the way it was just this philosophy. Nobody told me why I couldn't go. But when you mm-hmm. when you when people put a mindset in you, then you stay in your lane. And that's all you're talking about, diversity. Right. If you allow people right. to communicate to you a certain way, you're going to keep walking on that side of the street because you've been told that's the side of the street you walk on. And so when yeah. I, that's why there's no leadership in the millennial community because guess what? They've not had drama until recently. You know, Colin Kaepernick just, just knelt his knee last week. You know, but guess what? We've been dealing with fear of police stopping us all my life mm-hmm. all my life and so and so the drama of all these different situations that keep popping up the Trayvon Martins and all these things you know I'm not I'm not veering away from what you're saying I'm just telling you the key terminology is that the way you win is to be diverse but also include all voices in the lanes of communication. Sure. And then when it all wraps up, we'll all understand why we're trying to get along because it benefits the country. It benefits the neighborhood. It increases taxes. Crime rate goes down. You don't look at me like I'm a criminal. You don't look at me like I shouldn't be dating your daughter. You look at me like I'm proud that you're in my neighborhood. You're, I'm proud that you're in my community. When I drive down your street, you don't look at me like I just stole your car. That's what diversity and inclusion, because it starts. You know, I'm you got me fired up right now. I've been fired up this whole show. When I come back, Ms. Watkins, I want to share you an example of why what you're doing is so important because sure. it, it changed my life. And it just changed my life, and it changes everybody's life because that's what this show is about, being able to tell people why you should win this way and why you should be successful this way because there's only one option. Absolutely. Diversity Absolutely. and to be included. Okay? Be right back with more Money Making Conversation. Thank you. Sean McDonald, I can hear myself, so that means that America can hear me. Um, I'm on the phone with um, Ingrid Watkins. Um, Ingrid, you had a very interesting article that you emailed to me through LinkedIn, and it's about diversity, professional, it's in the online, a very well done online digital magazine called Diversity Professional Magazine. They recently published a very compelling article that you wrote on corporate recruiting disparity for African-American millennials and their Caucasian peers. Tell us about that. Yes, thank you. I'd like to thank uh, Diversity Professional Magazine for giving me that platform. Awesome. Um, I am a a freelance writer, and Mm -hmm. I do it on on the side, and I enjoy it. Yes, the article, you know, when you set out as a writer to research Mm -hmm. an issue or a topic, you just never know what you're going to find. Right. And we overturned some things that even surprised me in terms of the data and how many African-American millennials were having these experiences connecting to job opportunities within corporate environments. Specifically, um, these were well-educated 
African-American millennials, some with master's degrees who mm-hmm. were trying to get entry-level jobs, right. uh, co-op opportunities, internship opportunities, and the doors weren't, weren't opening for them. Right. Um, so some of these millennials actually reached out back to LinkedIn. I know you're an advocate of the, the tool, <laughs> and so am I reached out to me and say, you know, I know you do diversity. Can someone look into this, you know, the problem that we're having? So I put my team to work, and we uh, created a survey and sent it to college students and recent grads in Mm -hmm. several major cities, uh, Mm -hmm. Chicago, Atlanta, uh, Charlotte, New York, and the the results, they were stunning. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty much 100% of those surveyed felt that they were being, you know, disenfranchised in terms of um, engagement with corporate opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the, the article lays all that out in, in very compelling um, uh, data, actually data. Data, let's put the word data. It's not like, you're just not just writing your opinion. You have facts involved in there. And there was a student mm-hmm. that you had involved that had a, a pretty, uh, kind of like the model of your conversation it was a graduate of Georgia State University. And that's in Atlanta, yep. Georgia. And um, mm-hmm. it, let, let me share some ideas about um, me, Rashawn McDonald, and uh, the experience that I had, because I know exactly what they're talking about. Uh, and that's why I brought up the conversation about me having experienced the corporate environment at IBM. And and you having experienced the corporate environment at Coca-Cola, and you was a journalist prior to that. One of the things I always felt that, when I was in college, you know, I, I did co-op work, intern work. And one thing when you're trying to seek opportunities, you have to be willing to be inconvenienced. Key term right there, inconvenienced. In other words, even though I lived in Houston, my, my summer intern jobs were in Louisiana, okay, and were in Mississippi. So I had to travel and be inconvenient. So, so, so I just want to let everybody know that when sometimes when you're pursuing your dreams, you have to be willing to be inconvenienced to get to your ultimate goal. Do you agree with that, Ms. Watkins? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I mean, some of these kids, I and mean, if you live in a major metropolitan city like Chicago, New York, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta, you'd think those opportunities would be pretty, you know, close by. A lot of major Sometimes they're not, though. Also. I lived in Houston, Texas. Let's let you know. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not saying nothing negative on your article. I'm just letting everybody know that, you know, I, I was inspired by your article, inspired and brought you on the show because of the fact that there is a problem. There is a problem mm-hmm. when, when you when you walk in a room and then it, and you were one inviting it to that room. You kind of like stumble in that room and go, whoa. Okay, what's going on here? You know, and then mm-hmm. well, you know, the majority amount of minorities, you find them at the at the at, in the break room, you know, because all y'all huddling there talking, you know, you know, little side jokes, five of y'all together, we play basketball now, you know, little jokes like that, the, the coffee pot, because you feel that there isn't a conference zone where you know you are not included, and I think that was a term that you educated me on the show today. I've always said diversity. You said Rashawn. There's another important word. You can be diverse, but are you included mm-hmm. in the process? Are you being included mm-hmm. in the decision-making? And that's what you really, that's, that's the burden of uh, proof that you're trying to get accomplished out there every day in the corporate space, correct? Absolutely. It's about inclusion. Um, if you think about even in, um, in marketing terms, you have these companies, these brands creating products to sell to 
you know, the African-American, the multicultural um, consumer. But when it comes to, you know, ad agencies to promote the product, mm-hmm. they're generally not multicultural ad agencies. Or when it comes to uh, multicultural staff making the decisions and right. signing off mm-hmm. and reviewing these ads, they're generally not. And this is how you, you come up with these mistakes that some of these, we've seen some recent advertisers make in terms of, you know, racist ads being released because there are no multicultural decision makers at the table. And can so we just bring up one recent ad? Was the was that the doll ad where the black lady pulls up her clothes the, and the she's soap, white underneath? Yeah, the, um, yes, the, there was a soap co- some commercial. That was doll. That was doll. And that's uh-huh. what you're saying. Yeah, sure was. That was that's, what yes. you're, that's what you're saying is that somebody thought that you can actually have a black lady she pulls her top <laughs> off, and when she pulls her top off, she's white underneath. So Absolutely. somebody thought that was Very a good offensive. idea. Somebody thought that was a good idea yeah. in the advertising world because they did not have a diverse thought process. And that's why I was just saying, you keep letting people tell your story, then guess what? They'll tell your story any kind of way because guess what? They think it's a cool idea. Or they think it's entertaining or they think it's cute. And that's all you're just saying in your role. So how can we get in touch with you, Miss Watkins? Because you know, you're out there making a difference. I'm just talking on the mic. But you out there making a difference, <laughs> girl. And I'm so proud you got on my show. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having us. Um, if any company, you know, we, we do diversity and inclusion consulting. Mm-hmm. If the company wants to run a commercial by my team, we have a team. There that, you go. Like Dolph should have ran that commercial by your team. You said. Send that commercial by us. We'll, we'll red light it or green light it, and we'll make sure you won't get in trouble. That's for sure. Um, so our website is uh, IW Consulting Group. Uh-huh. And we're here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we're happy to connect with anybody who's interested in stepping up their diversity game within their corporate environment. And more importantly, including everybody in the process of awareness and an opportunity in that corporate ladder. That's supposed to be available to everybody, but it's really not. And it's all about networking. It's all about who you know, and it's all about relationship. And that's what your company is all about, IW Consulting Group, correct? That's what it's about. And I tell you what's encouraging is seeing how the consumers will become outraged when Mm -hmm. um, these companies release these offensive ads. They're getting the backlash, and I think that is awesome. I love it. You should continue to love it. And also, one more time, give out that (laughs) website. Tell everybody what you do. And you know I'm going to bring you back now. Now, you know you're a member of the circle now. You remember that money-making conversation circle now. So I can't let you go now, okay? I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored. That's <laughs> www.iwconsultinggroup.com. I want to thank you for being on my show. I want to thank everybody. It's two hours, but it goes by so fast. And the show is really about uh, bringing individuals on like Ms. Watkins that, that are successful, but they change in the way people think about everybody, not just about you, because everybody's mindset has to change in order for you to be successful. If you try to point out one group and try to change their mind, then you fail. It's about talking to everybody in such a way that they all feel positive and feel comfortable about sitting down eating with you, talking with you, driving down the street with you, sharing a meal is most important if you want to have a blessed day. Opportunities your way. I'll be back next week with more money-making conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Life is good. Keep winning, everybody. You need
need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. So, go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. 